Warning, this podcast includes discussion of severe mental health disorders. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Psychosis Is. I am your host, Aaron Wall. A few years ago, I experienced a major psychotic break and have since made a full recovery. Each week, we will dive into a story of psychosis and discuss their tales of struggle and recovery, as well as my own. I hope this podcast brings awareness that recovery is always possible, even when you have lost all hope. Let's welcome our guest, Kevin Henderson. How are you doing? Hi, yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, Adam. Okay, well, I appreciate you uh, coming on to talk to me today. So let's just dive right in. Do you know uh, what event caused your psychotic break? I can pinpoint the time, the exact time it happened, but it, no one actually knows what causes it. Uh, I was living in China, in Shanghai, in 2015 to 2017. Um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It put me under a lot of stress because I think, socially speaking, I'm not the best social person. So putting myself in an environment like that um, was a big challenge for me. Um, but then, yeah, just one day. Yeah, I was in the pub and I started to disassociate. I, I felt like I was in the room, but I couldn't understand what people were actually saying to me, um, which was really weird. So I started to panic about that. I uh, got super paranoid. Um, so, yeah, I grabbed my stuff, went home. Um, and then all of a sudden I started to feel like elated. So it was around 2017. It actually got triggered. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I actually have had, I think, my last interview. So I interviewed her and her daughter. Uh, no, I mean about her daughter. And her daughter's psychotic break was in 2017 as well. And my psychotic break was in 2017. So oh, wow. mine is a little bit different than yours. So it was uh, it was caused by like a lot of stress, but what really tipped me over was uh, I took acid and I had a really bad acid trip and then I came off of it and I was okay for about five days. And then I just spiraled into psychosis uh, when I went to uh, officer candidate school. Um, wow. Yeah, that will, uh, that will do you with uh, yeah. psychotherapy like that. Yeah. I think um, I, I've not done much drugs most of my life. Uh, I did dabble with a bit of marijuana. Um, and actually when I was in China, when, when my first episode got triggered, one of the lads was smoking some marijuana and he, he said, Oh, I have some out there. And I, I literally must've talked about two pops of it. And it was, it was actually that, that triggered it for me, my first event. So, um, but, yeah, when you speak to the doctor though, the doctor says, yeah, it, it won't have caused it. Um, he says, it's yeah. multiple. he says, you probably probably genetically predisposed to it he said um being in china being under stress with your job and your girlfriend at the time and the the marijuana probably was contributed about 10 percent yeah um so when you were in psychosis uh did did someone tell you or did you know um no i i didn't know what was happening to me for weeks um the episode, I didn't eat or sleep for the next two days. Um, I was having all kinds of visions and I was writing. Um, and then I started, that turned into sort of a paranoia, paranoia and a terrifying experience. 
and I be- started to become like not aggressive, but people were scared of me. So oh. then I got I got locked up. Then I was I was in a hospital for eight weeks after that, um, and it still took me, I'd say, three months to come down. It was only like three months later uh, I started to understand what had happened to me. Yeah. So you didn't reach out for help then? Did somebody put you in a hospital? Like they kind of forced you to go? Oh yeah, yeah. Every, oh. every oh, about three episodes. Every episode, I've been basically detained, um, oh and God. and sectioned. Yeah, they are very severe. Mine when they, when I go. So, how many times have you been hospitalized then? Uh, four in total. Oh my gosh! And when you have these episodes, do you have auditory or visual hallucinations, or do you do you experience both? Um. I have I've experienced visual hallucinations twice, and um, when when I've been in a real severe state, both within the hospital. Um, yeah, the first time I was in the hospital, I went into someone's room and they had a guitar and I was playing a guitar. And when I looked around the room, I was actually in my old bedroom and it was my old guitar, and I remember it like clear as day. I was really like, wow, I can't believe I've traveled back to my own room. And then a second time in the hospital, um, when I come out of my room, I think I'd just been sedated, but I come back out and I looked across the hallway and my mum was running and a lot of paparazzi were chasing her. Oh my um, gosh. I thought I was famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when the So I didn't actually reach out for help either. Well, I mean, I kind of did. So when I was in the beginnings of my uh, psychosis, I reached out to my mom and I let her know that I was scared and that a bunch of stuff were going on, but I wasn't really in control of anything. My mom and my family just kind of helped me through and and they found a place for me to go and, and they found a psychiatrist for me to talk to and everything. So I had no idea that I was in psychosis, but the first psychiatrist we saw told my mom that I was in psychosis and I was in a hospital a few weeks later and I experienced auditory and visual hallucinations and um, yeah, it was really hard. But uh, so where were you hospitalized? Were you at a, a different hospital every time or different one? I mean, or the same one? No, a different one every time, actually. Um, when I was in China, obviously I was put into a hospital in China. It was very difficult. There were so many people in the ward and the, the techniques they use in China to, to sort of calm people down like me. Um, you get tied to a bed essentially, so you can't move for okay. um, for a few days until you're actually calmed down. Um, but then the company I was working for flew me back to London and put me in a private clinic for a couple of weeks. Um, but then the next time I went, I went to a local hospital, and then the last time I went, I went to another hospital. So yeah, I've been in been in a different place every time. Um. My family as well are very good. So my, my parents are brilliant. They they know all the signs when um, I'm about to go. Generally, the first couple of days, I'm, uh, I'm really friendly, loving. I become very articulate. I become creative, um, loving. And, you know, I feel like connected to the world. Um, and so they know then that, that I, I'm sort of on my way to having an Just episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then slowly over a couple of days, paranoia starts to come around and I start to panic and fear things. Um, 
And that's when it gets sort of dangerous for me because I can get to a stage where I'll literally do anything. Um, and so, yeah, the, the police usually get involved then and they detain them. But it's slightly different in the UK, isn't it, over here? Like, because we have the NHS, we've got lots of good systems in place already that uh, capture people like me. Um, and yeah, we're taken straight away to a place of safety, essentially, um, and treated there. Yeah, I'm sure the treatment in the UK is probably a lot different than the treatment in the US. I was very fortunate. Uh, so my dad was in the Navy for the majority of my life. And my treatment was really different because I was treated in a naval hospital. So I was the only uh, case there that had like a psychotic break from, you know, drug induced instead of stress or, or PTSD induced. And I was hospitalized there twice. There was like a week break in between, but I haven't actually gone back into psychosis since uh, Halloween of 2017. So I've been pretty fortunate. Yeah, you have. You've been lucky. So you've had a long break. Unfortunately, I come out with a bipolar one diagnosis. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite late to have this happen to me. Most people who get diagnosed with bipolar are in the teens. So I was 40 when I got this, when this first happened to me. And then basically they said, yeah, you've got bipolar one. So yeah. that was quite hard for me to accept. Uh, and that's the reason why I kept relapsing for them first few years, because now basically if I don't take my medication, I will relapse within a space of five months. I'll be back in hospital. Aww. Yeah, that's really crazy because uh, I was misdiagnosed ADHD when I was a, when I was a little girl. That's really common. But after I got out of the hospital, I was diagnosed bipolar as well. Oh, was yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I think it's yeah, I think it's bipolar one. Uh, yeah. So I lived with a eighty misdiagnosed ADHD for twenty five years of my life, and I wasn't actually medicated. I was for I think about twelve years. Uh, so I was just regulating myself on my own and just handling all of my stress and the ups and downs and everything, and I was doing okay with it. But I think. I think after the drugs, like my brain just shut down and, and gave up. And, you know, now I'm out of the hospital. I've been out for a while and I don't actually take mood stabilizers right now. I noticed that my anxiety on top of the bipolar is really the main culprit. So right now I'm only taking as needed anxiety medication. And soon I might actually be taking a mood enhancer because I've noticed that I don't really have any issues being happy it's it's right now I'm like at a low point in my life so I need like a mood enhancer to kind of help me get through things oh wow it's amazing that you say that like all your life you've been misdiagnosed and stuff um I've often thought something not quite right with me um, and all the books I've read I concluded that I'm high on an autistic spectrum um and my cousin now is actually um an autistic diagnosis he, he goes around the, the area and he diagnoses kids with autism and he, he said to me you are autistic we could diagnose you if you want so I think all my life as well I've sort of struggled there uh, socially to fit in and never really understood why I, I wasn't quite like other people um and now that I have bipolar I wonder I I, I don't know if I had bipolar all my life but obviously I, I've severe I've suffered from like sort of mood swings definitely yeah, but managed it myself, and you've done the same thing, and it's amazing, like what you've actually done or what we've accomplished. Yeah, it is. 
Yeah, because yeah. not many people can appreciate or understand how difficult life's been up to that point. Um, but, yeah. Exactly. That's why one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast so people can understand. I am actually just like you my entire life when I was growing up you know, I, I was okay. And I was getting by, but I was like, something is wrong with me. And, and I, I, I don't know if like, this is normal. And I kept thinking it, it is normal, because, you know, I, I can handle it to up to a point. But, and I was the same way with you, as you like you as well. I was very socially awkward as a kid. I had, uh, I had anxiety in large groups of people. I would always yeah. focus on just like one person. Like I've had a best one best friend since I was 13 years old her and I are still best friends and yeah. I would always just find myself not like super jealous but always wanting to just hang out with her because I knew her and I was comfortable around her and yeah, yeah so it's just crazy the similarities yeah, I totally get where you're coming from I'm the same I have um, zero friends right now I look after my two kids and I have my mom and my dad and uh, I have associates and obviously I wear I mean, I'm quite successful now, uh, considering what I've been through. Um, I'm a data engineer, so I program code for um, a large automotive company. I have my own house and I'm getting by. Um, so I have to give myself a pat on the back sometimes, what I've been through. Um, I've managed to like get, get through life. But I've no, had to like, cut yeah. out people out of my life because I find that it's not their fault. It's just me and them. It doesn't work. I, I don't know why. I, I can't trust people. I hate liars. I feel let down all the time. And so I've just cut people out of my life. And so I live in my life now with me, my dog, and my kids. And, and and as long as I can be happy with that, I can get through it, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's literally all that matters, being happy. So yeah. let's uh, step back for a second. Uh, how was your How was your treatment and what kind of treatment did you receive? Um, so I've had CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. So I've had like yeah. Yeah, about three, three months of that. Didn't find that really helped me that much. They were basically trying to say, you need to change the way you think so you don't get so anxious. But I was, I had to say to them, look, it's, it's not my anxiety. I said, I sometimes just wake up and all of a sudden I think I'm Jesus. It's not because I'm not, I'm not, look handling my anxiety right it's just the way my brain works and I don't think the the medical profession fully understand what what psychosis is or why it happens so that they're obviously trying the best but CBT just for me did not do it I had actual counseling um, and that was quite helpful that was good um, I read that for about a year um, but the the main thing that helps me is the the mood stabilizer mood stabilizer lithium um, it's toxic yeah. really but, but yeah if you're on lithium is safe is saving my life right now it's brilliant for me no see that okay that's so crazy we have so many similarities in our stories so um i took i did cbt for a while as well i did it for like i think almost two years and it it really helped me as well but i took lithium and I actually had to stop lithium because it made all my hair fall out and it made me like super, super sick. So, wow. Wow. yeah, so I, I took lithium for a really long time. I'm so I'm glad it's not giving you the same side effects it gave me, but I had to stop it because it made me so sick that honestly, I felt like I had cancer or I was dying. So 
I would be sitting on my couch and I would be in jeans, but I would also have sweats over my jeans and I would be in a shirt and another shirt and a jacket and I'd be under a blanket, but I would still be freezing cold. And then I would take it all off, but then I would be super hot. And then my body and my hands would like start going numb and I, and my face would go numb and my, my hands would be cold. And I was like, what is going on with me? So Um, yeah. I started looking at the, huh? Did you have regular blood tests when you were taking the lipid? Yeah, I did. All right. That's unusual, isn't it? Maybe it just affects people differently then. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I've I had no it's... side effects, no side effects at all. I mean I've got no hair anyway, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's so crazy. So uh when you were well when you're uh now do you ever experience derealization and I think you did you do because you said you disassociated and disassociating and derealization is kind of the same thing yeah yeah obviously when I look back now I realize it's happening um but in the moment when it happens to me um not really I mean that's the whole point of psychosis isn't it You you never if somebody tells you oh I'm psychotic then they're not psychotic um the the, the psychos the psychotic experience is obviously a person totally believes they are something else somewhere else and experiences something everybody doesn't do. So you can't really say uh, you're aware that you're disassociating. Um, I don't think. Otherwise, you're not really disassociating. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I get that. Uh, but there's been a... So I've never slipped back into psychosis and I don't think I've ever been super close to but I've experienced derealization a few times where you're kind of like you're aware but you're in a really really heightened sense of reality so you're like in between psychosis and reality and I've experienced that like uh, two or three times and I was able to self-regulate and like get back into my awareness body I guess if that makes any sense Kind of. I I did have one experience um, a few years back, um, and like like I said, most most of my experiences follow a pattern where I get dead creative and I start writing things down. And mm-hmm. this experience, I was convinced I'd figured out how to create a machine that makes energy forever. And um, so I had all the plans written down on my whiteboard. I had all the design plans and all that. And then I woke up one day and I was like, "This is not right." Kev, you know, you haven't invented this machine. No one's been able to invent it. It's impossible. There's something wrong with you. And at that point, I was able to, like, sort of relax a bit more, rest a bit more. And um, it it passed, thankfully. But I think that was the start of a psychotic episode. But I was was strange. I was aware of it. So when you had all of these uh, different psychotic breaks, did did you ever think about suicide or did you ever attempt it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've been sectioned for for that as well. Um, so the first time I didn't. Um, so the pattern of my thing is I go manic for about seven days. I'm usually tranquilized and then sectioned for eight weeks. Then I come out of hospital, recover with me parents for a few months, and then I go through a major depression, like really bad depression, mm-hmm. another like for another four months or something and then I sort of that's the hardest part of all of this for me 
I don't know, obviously that not everyone experiences it like that, but for me that's the hardest part. So my whole episode will last a year and then oh I have to go back into life and back into work and try and rebuild my life again. It's really difficult. Um but yeah, so the first two times that happened, no, but then the last time it happened, the depression was so severe, it was it was shocking. So I, I basically hid all my cards and my phone, took some cash and drove somewhere um, planning to take my own life but then my parents somehow found out got the police involved they found me and and put me in back in hospital um so yeah but the, I mean the weirdest thing is like I love life I I love what I have um I wake up grateful every single day but this illness I've got turns me into something completely different and that's one thing I really want to share with people on the podcast if they're listening and and they, they feel like that. You, you feel like that in the moments, but it's the illness. It's not you. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. And, you know, as much as I was determined to go through with it, uh, I'm glad there was somebody there to stop me um, now. Yeah. Obviously. And I don't think a lot of people get that, you know, and people think here, like, oh, someone's committed suicide or someone feels like, and they're instantly going, oh, you know, what can what's wrong with them why do they feel like that how can we fix it the truth is it's the illness there's nothing you can do you just got to learn to manage that illness and get through that hard time because on the other side it's fantastic you know yeah so I I agree with you there there are so many times you know you, you see on Facebook and or the internet or anywhere and people are like he committed suicide why did he give up you know he had a family he was happy he had all of these things and I sit there and I'm like well you know that's not it's not like they made that conscious decision it's not like their brain was aware enough to tell them hey don't do this and I agree with you 100% that is the illness that you can't you're not in a right state of mind when you're thinking about that. And I finally completely understood that because when I was in psychosis, I, I didn't attempt suicide. I, I was never alone enough to be able to like even ever have a chance to, but I did think about it. I was like, I looked, I, there was a, a time, a very specific time I was in my room and I was like pacing back and forth because my head hurt so much. And I remember just, raising my hands and looking at my wrist and I'm like what would it be what would it be like if I slit my wrist right now and just and just died and I'm like why did I think that I'm like I never in my right mind would I actually think that and actually think about doing that yeah I know it's crazy isn't it and that's the hardest thing to get across to people it's something I would never I never fully appreciated until you know I, I got an experience of it like it's um it's very hard to explain to people that it is the illness you know and it, yeah. it's not them. it's not what you've done it's not what they've experienced it's it's actually a, a it's a chemical in the brain that makes them do what they do and that's the saddest thing you know because recently somebody did it here and everyone oh. was like oh you know he's like but he's he's been struggling for so long and all that he's at peace now and um i felt saddened by it because i thought well he didn't do he didn't want to do what he did he he felt compelled by some force within himself to do it, it and but it wasn't him and it 
people just don't get it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's 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 so hard to explain and get across to people that you know it's not. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's even hard to explain it, frankly. Exactly. But, yeah, it's so hard. Um, but so what what kind of treatment are you on now? I know you touched about that a little bit earlier, but what what do you do now to regulate yourself? Uh, that's it. I just take the the lithium. Um, and the Depakote. I have a bit of lithium, a bit of Depakote, and that's enough for me. Okay, and uh, do you do any therapy or anything anymore? No, no, no therapy anymore, no. Okay, so this has been a great story. Uh, I have some closing questions for you. Yeah. Do you regret going into psychosis? And if you do, what would you do differently? Do I regret going into psychos? Yeah, do you regret? Um, yeah, yeah, of course I regret it. Um, if I, yeah, I wouldn't wish what I've been through on on anybody in the world. It's, it's terrifying. Um, what would I do differently? To what to try and prevent it? Yeah, if you if you could uh, prevent it, what would you do differently? Oh, I certainly wouldn't touch marijuana. I'm convinced if I hadn't touched that, I wouldn't have tipped over. Um, and then probably, I'd probably push myself too far going to live in another country. Because um, I do know the statistics suggest that you're a lot more likely to go into psychosis if you're living in a foreign country, actually. So Really? I never knew that. Huh. Yeah, yeah it's slightly, um, slightly higher rate of, of psychotic episodes from people who actually live away from their home country. I think it's the stress or something, or the anxiety that comes with hmm. it. So I'm actually on the other side of that. I I don't regret going into psychosis because I feel like so much of my life kind of revolves around that now. Like I'm trying to bring awareness. Uh, I'm living my life much healthier. I didn't know that I was bipolar until I got out of psychosis. So like I don't do I regret uh, like actually experiencing it? Yeah, sure. But I, I mean, it, it's a hard subject. Like, obviously, I wish that I hadn't had to go through it, but I'm glad that I did because I'm in, I'm in a so much better place in my life now. Now knowing what I so much that I didn't know before, living with this bipolar illness my entire life, and if I hadn't gone into psychosis, I, I would have never known that I was bipolar. So yeah, no, I get, I don't get it. I think, I think if someone could guarantee me that I'll never go through it again, then uh, I would probably wouldn't regret it because obviously it opens you out, your eyes to mental health for a start. I have a much yeah. greater sympathy for people who are struggling and I'm in a far better position to help people as well. But unfortunately, with my track record and my diagnosis, it's a very high chance that I'll probably do it again. And that. so I'm, I, I don't, yeah, I just wish it never come into my life, frankly. Yeah. Um, I and think... yeah, I'd be ignorant, but... I think that's why we're we're different in that question because I haven't gone into psychosis for almost six years and I I feel like you've gone into it a lot more than I have. Yeah, that's a really good sign for you. Um, so yeah, it's good. But yeah, if you have more and more episodes, I think it just degrades. It's degenerative. Yeah. But, but but I don't know. But I, I'm on a good run at the moment. It's been over two years now. That's um, good. Yeah, it's good. So. 
What piece of advice would you give someone who is also struggling? Uh, with what mental health or actually going through psychosis now or uh, depression or something? Um, they've got to separate the illness from themselves. They've got to understand that they are not the illness. Um, the illness is like a broken leg, you know, and you've got to treat it and take rest and time to mm -hmm. let it heal, knowing that it will pass one day. And that's the, the biggest fear, especially when you're going through depression or you're anxious. You, you think there's no way out. You think this will never end, but it will. And be kind to yourself and surround yourself with people who, who care for you. Don't, don't, don't let manipulators or pick people into your life that, that don't help you. Yeah, you need, like, you need consistent people in your life that will, will bring you happiness instead of stress and anxiety. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay, so I just like to close every podcast with this one statement. Just remember, it's okay to not be okay, and don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Psychosis Is. If you liked this week's story, please give my show a follow, share with your friends or family, and leave a review. I would greatly appreciate it. If you or anyone you know has a psychosis story to share, please reach out to me at psychosisinquiries at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Wow, wow, nah, nah, nah.